people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn it the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, And here is your host, Derek Bacah. You blew the mic. <laughs> you disappeared for a second or three. Careful. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is Derek Bacah, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Mostly bar tonight. Yeah, well, you know, it's going to happen. 398 a Bascom Avenue in San Jose, California. We are here at the kindness of Mr. Paul Cunha, who is not tending bar tonight. He's but out is, with his family. He uh, which says is, hi. Which is great. He does say hi and he says thanks. And, and we'd like to make this a little more regular. So we're going to, um, if you are interested in actually attending a Fanboy Planet show, Nate is actually virtual, but we'll put speakers yes. up so you so can hear him. So you don't have to kick him. him off a stool to get to the mic. Yeah. Um, so uh, we would be interested in having people come and let's, let's eat and drink and be merry on a Wednesday night here. Have you been trying to figure out how Nate has been attending the podcast while he's can Now you'll know. You now, can actually see. Yes, we'll have a little action figure set up for him. So anyway, we do invite you to come down to Seven Stars Bar and Grill, not just on a Wednesday night, but on any night, because it is a great place to hang out. And the Star Wars themery just keeps getting bigger and bigger and better, and I love it. And so, uh, let's move forward here. And we've got, uh, of course, I, I need to. There it is. And, of course, we because I, I mentioned him by name, uh, our fabulous announcer, All Man in Los Angeles. I am Dave Costa. And to my left, we are a three-man crew tonight. To my left is the podcast producer and the guy who gets upset when I don't introduce him. Introduce <sighs> As us. the moral compass. Yes. Rick yes. Brett Snyder. There we go. Look at him. His hackles are raised. He's like a cockatoo. That's a on natural. Speed. That's gel. That's okay, gel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a, product. Oh, it's like someone's been poking the cockatoo over there. So uh, we've got some comics. This, this has been. A, are you mocking me? I am. I have heard that every day of my life since first grade. Even and it was worse when it was on Flash Gordon. Ah, <laughs> bastard. Anyway, uh, we've. It's been a very controversial week in comics. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, we did get one little email uh, this week from Ron Talbot, who brought, who sent me a cartoon from, I believe the uh, online blog is called Our Loyal Customers. It's uh, it's where this guy who owns a comic shop draws pictures of his of people that have come into his stores and uses actual quotes. And this week's, I thought you, Rick, would really appreciate. So he sent me this, and he said because uh, Ron works for Apple. Uh, a customer with a heavy beard, actually looks a little bit like Paul Cunha, says, it's only a matter of time until Apple starts building Sentinels, and as long as they come in five fun colors, yeah, exactly. nobody will mind. Right. <laughs> so, I thought, 
That's sadly true. So I Johnny appreciate. Johnny Ives will make them all flat. <laughs> I appreciate Ron sending that to me because I always forget to check that blog. Like about every four or five months, somebody posts a cartoon for it on Facebook, and I go, "Oh, I got to follow back." And I read like a month's worth of our loyal customers' really funny stuff, and I'm going. I have no doubt people are really saying this stuff. Can we put a link to that on the uh, I shall, website? I shall do my best to first of all find the link. Um, I, because I, I think the strip is called Our Loyal Customers. I'm not sure if that's the the URL. I'll find it. I'll figure okay. it out. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to throw that in there and love it. So let's talk about comics. Nate, are you ready? Did you get to the oh, comic I'm shop ready. today? Did you get to Earth 2 in Sherman Oaks? You will see on the Facebook page that uh, Carr commented on the photo you guys posted that we had a nice chat today. Yeah, I I, oh, uh, I, I tagged Car in the photo as yeah. Uh, I didn't see uh, that Green yet. Lantern. I didn't see that yet. Yes, no, you tagged him as the Flash. Oh, you're right, as the Golden Age Flash. Yes, and you tagged yeah. me as Plastic Man. I yes, appreciated I did. that. I thought so. I was scared yeah, you for a minute. Tagged me as the Incredible Hulk, and I, I appreciated did. that. Who the did I Green tag Hulk. I tagged somebody as uh, Green Lantern. Probably yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I cr- tagged Chris Garcia as the Beast. Oh. I couldn't tell because the tag just. I know like it's that a big tag. Yeah. Yeah. So, you want to go through the uh, DC books first? Well, let's. Do we want to talk about the DC scandals this week? Well, let's do that. Or you know, first, because the big thing is, I mean, this involves DC and and the new Fifty Two and is forever evil. By the way, I wanted to say, did you guys catch up? Now, I last week powered through. Oh yeah, I, Trinity I, War. I read everything and that, Forever Evil. So I'm I, I'm somewhat. I haven't read all the villain books. I'm entirely caught up with DC through this week. Well, a couple of things, by the way, with the Forever Evil, the 3D covers discovered. Now, don't scoff because you take care. But I totally understand why some people might have, especially Nate in LA. People found that if they left their covers in the car, yeah, they melted. That's not good. No. Awesome. My so, comics are like my children. I would never leave my children in the car. I see. Here. I said, don't judge because I totally understand going in. The I sh- didn't scoff. I mommy, judge. mommy is just going in for a minute. Yes, and she's uh, going to have one drink. And I came out, and Bizarro was melted all over my front seat. No, I that's didn't. Not you. I didn't have this. That problem. was a dramatic reenactment. I, that's right. And uh, yes, because I am not mommy. First of all, and it's really hard to tell with Bizarro. Yeah, um, and uh, apparently there's also some trouble reading the barcodes. Through the 3D. I can totally believe Through the that. lenticular. So that's just kind of interesting. But uh, the controversy was, of course, last week that uh, J.H. Williams and his artistic partner on Batwoman right. uh, left. Right. Uh, no, left. Um, they, they, they departed. They departed the book. Well, they, uh, did they actually just depart, or were they asked to? They departed they were told first. They were going to have to make changes. No, 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 no. No, they departed. They, to to they departed in protest to all the changes they were being asked to make. Right. The mainstream media leaped on the wrong part of the story, I think, but I understand because it made a, it made a clearer narrative for the average person who does not know anything right. about Batman or right. Batwoman or comics um, to read, which was that, oh, they quit because they were not allowed to let Batwoman have a lesbian marriage. So that right. made a much sexier headline right. than, uh, no, we're tired of the last-minute editorial changes and interference. We proposed five arcs. That uh, sounds really familiar. When we started this, we proposed five arcs. They were all approved, and then we were asked to make changes, and then they were getting more and more arbitrary and more and more last minute, so we quit. So that they said, after issue 26, that we finished this arc, and we are no longer allowed in this one of the changes was they were no longer allowed to have Kathy Kane, who is Batwoman, marry Maggie Sawyer. 
and there was going to be a marriage, and then they turned, and then DC changed his mind, as if it's a conglomerate with one huge right, mind. Right. Um, let's be honest. A little mind. Uh, well, let's be honest. It's Dan DiDio, Jeff Johns, Jim Lee, uh, Bob Harris is the editor in chief. So who knows? But those would be the people that right. we'd most likely to give a name to. Um, and so they they uh, got to wonder what they were what they were asked to do that would get in the way of the marriage. Other well, than but they but, wanted to set the focus on it. But you know what the with the, the defense was, and here's where I feel that again, I every encounter, little encounter I've had with Dan DiDio, he would not know me from Adam, but we've had conversations. I like him; he seems nice. But I'm real. I've come to this conclusion this week, and I think to some extent, Joe Casada probably has this is. He can't be wrong. He gets backed into corners. He says dumb things to get out of them, and then he can't backtrack from what he said. Right. So it wasn't that DC was against a lesbian marriage. It has now become that no DC hero can ever be married because a superhero must sacrifice their personal life so Flash to married? be a hero. So the Flash has not been married. No, but Aquaman and Mira were married in the new 52. Right. And now they're hurriedly going through and editing those changes and saying Mira somehow is Aquaman's queen without being his wife, which probably means what they mean is he's Aquaman's Freddie Mercury. Right. And not Aquaman's wife. So, and I was thinking about that, like what other heroes. So I think that, that basically like he tried to say something to get out of trouble. Oh, it's not that we are against gay marriage. It's that we're against, we're against all, marriage. all marriage. And now it's and now that's really because kids marriage is bad. And if I may say, that's stupid. Yeah. And um well, that was one and, of the not things. only that, then they hired Mark Andreco to write take over for Batwoman, which wasn't bad, but to actually then scrap the two issues that J.H. Williams had scripted and have Mark Andreco take over. What about Animal Man? I'm not reading that one. Um, he's separated right now, okay, because their son was killed. Okay, um, no spoilers because that not was that was many the, issues not ago. Usually the exact but you're effect, right. But that's but a good point that that um, well, I mean, I mean, those, I mean are, those are two that comics grew, that had good, but that grew family. that grew organically out of the storyline. I totally understand yeah. that certainly couples that lose a child that is it is difficult. They They're separated. Stress. They're not divorced, and right. that's and that's my argument. Back is like again, it's like back in Planet Hulk. When I wish the planet Hulk had ended, you know, if Hulk had ended there with him married, and it's like, if anybody believed that Hulk had achieved happiness, even though he'd found the woman of his dreams, it's like, no, no, no. Marriage can be stressful. There can still be anger. Hulk can sure. still exist. It's clear. Conflict can exist. And what really brought that home to me today, and we'll jump over a little bit to Marvel out of my bag, yeah. is uh, I read Mighty Avengers number one. And I'm reminded that for the last, what, Nate? Help me out here. Ten years, Luke Cage has been in a relationship with Jessica, uh, right. with Jessica Jones, Jones. Jessica Jones. Jones, and they've been married for I don't know how many years, but they have a kid. And this, and by the way, I want to say I'm going to come out well in favor of the book Mighty Avengers number one. It was a really good read. Oh, I've read it. I really enjoyed. That it. comes out today. Yeah, it came out today, right. and one I sat down and read a couple of books just to kind of feel like I was up to date a little bit, and. Even though it ties a lot into Infinity, you don't need to have read Infinity to enjoy it. You'll know mm -hmm. what the villain is. And Luke Cage makes a point about, you know what? I'm married. I have a kid. My approach to being an Avenger has to be different now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, 
thanks for getting that. Whoever wrote this, I'm totally blanking. Yeah, but he um, had, he had had that when he was in the Avengers before. He'd had that kind of oh sure attitude, and then he said, you know, it's too much. I've got to break completely free of it. Right, and so then now he's still he's formed the heroes back. for hire, and now okay. he's coming back. And the circumstances. Basketball star Patrick Ewing wrote the uh, Mighty Avengers. Not basketball star Al Ewing, right? Al Ewing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Al Ewing, <laughs> you nailed it. Okay. Um, that was a three-pointer, that Mighty Avengers number one, because right there on the heels of DC making such a public, stupid statement, and I'm sorry, there's no other explanation, no other word for it. It's a stupid statement. Yeah. They prove in Mighty Avengers right there that, you know what, there's conflict and healthy conflict, and by the way, if your other argument is that our readership isn't married, well, that's that's sad that all these forty-five-year-olds aren't, because what but I it's can not I, true. It's not true. What I can identify if this is the same editorial ship that told that told Paul Pope a few years ago, we're not making comics for kids, we're making comics for forty-five-year-old men. Yeah. Then how about showing? Uh, that marriage can be an adventure, sure. that it can be healthy. Fantastic Four. Another perfect perfect example. Yeah. Um, and they've had their rough spots, but they've always pulled through. That's the family book. That's the Marvel right, family. Right, right. So don't tell me that you have to sacrifice your marriage uh, or even sacrifice having a relationship. It made sense in Superior Spider-Man when Doc Ock decided that he could not have a relationship right. with Mary Jane, but what did Doc Ock turn around and do? Immediately... In the guise of Peter Parker, fell in love with someone else. Yeah, um, you know because it's his relationship, and and that one's kind of cool because he kind of fell in love with her mind. I love no, I think it's great. Yeah, I, you know I, I'm, God, I love that book. I'm yeah. so stunned at how much I love Superior Spider-Man. Um, but anyway, so there's that. So then this controversy follows up with. <laughs> DC's like, pay no attention to this. Let's have an artist search, an artist talent search. Oh God, yes. For Harley Quinn. You know, I, I, I read that. I, I frothed about it for about an hour, and then my mind just kind of closed down and blocked it but out. But let me say again. I think another thing was this was taken out of context, and I don't know Jimmy Palmiotti. We've been. I don't know. I read the release. We've been quote unquote Facebook friends for a couple of years. Um. I think we might have met once and had a very brief again conversation. He no, he put a huge apology out and he okay. said, "He said you've read the release." He says, "I've read reread the release and realized he first first he started with a huge list of well for those who don't know what the concept, con- controversy is, they're doing a talent search and you have four panels of Harley Quinn and amongst the and she's apparently contemplating suicide." In those panels, right? She's naked in at least one, or described as being naked in at least one in a bathtub, and so with it, a toaster. So, so it felt like this was making light of suicide, making light of you know, doing the good girl, girl art, and all that. It was just very offensive. Yeah, and, and it's, it's and, the whole idea that I was, need a man to right. To, okay, to but here's what me here, here's what I want to say is so. Palmiotti's apology makes perfect sense, and he rewrote that. He he co-wrote that with his wife Amanda Connor, um, and they and they um, they teamed up and did the Pro a few years ago. Right, infamous but great yeah. graphic novel. Um, and what he said was first he had put up like a list of all these very strong women he had written, and said like look, you know, I've created Painkiller Jane, I've done this and this, and you know, Aphrodite Nine, I think is in there at some point, and well, but a whole bunch of different. And, and then, but then his final apology was like that page was taken out of context, 
and put into the contest without that context. That oh, what, but wait, what goes around it is it's a book breaking the fourth wall, and Jimmy and Amanda are actually chastising Harley for feeling like she needs. Because let's face it, Harley's not sane. Her entire comic book career has been defined by she is in the right. worst codependent relationship in the history of comics. But they've been schizophrenic about that. Because if you read... Well, plus she's schizophrenic. Right. So that the, that the narrators were chastising her and they were putting it... And it's a dream sequence. And it's all these things, none of which was translated through. And so Jimmy Palmiotti's apologized and said, said, Look, I am not. I have known families and friends touched by suicide. I certainly would not make light of it. Uh, I, I would not encourage anyone to. And yes, Amanda draws good girl art, but it's... You know, I mean, yeah. it's also making fun of what people perceive Harley Quinn's role in the DC universe to have been. You can say they've been schizophrenic about it. Well, no, I mean, what I was going to say is since the, since the fifty new Fifty Two, and oddly enough, in the Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad, yes, her Jinx personality Coke, was babe. not driven by a pursuit of the Joker as this unattainable father figure. Uh, partially male. because when it began and I dropped it so right. I apologize but when it began the Joker was untouchable for a year mm. you know he did not he From existed but standpoint. he had disappeared yeah and so that was the, you know and they she, wanted but to but she did not crumble instead she right. was she was pinch and giggle with a bunch of the guys on the Suicide Squad and she slept with Deadshot yeah. yes so that's not a woman who was devastated by the loss of her man even though she is Psychotic. I mean, she's uh, and this is a fine line to play with, but I think you have to you have to realize you're not writing a psychological journal. You're writing a comic, and you want it to be entertaining and not necessarily. You've well, got a figure like this. You don't make them tragic. And we're back to this question of well, and, and I think in context it could be funny. It could be dark humored certainly, and I. And it's not a book I was interested in reading. Um, although I had read her previous solo series and thought it, I blew hot and cold on that and ultimately yeah. cold and stopped buying it. But we're, you're also you're all, the, the defensive continuity. Like I said, they're right now saying that Aquaman and Mira have never been married in the new 52. Jeez. And when there are 12 issues plus of Aquaman that shall we beg to differ, Yeah, uh, you know, established. And then the controversy two weeks ago of the a redesigned Lobo, which is one of the books I read today to, to see, where we had already established an, an origin for an appearance for Lobo in the New 52. Right. And then this Villains Month brings in something completely different. And so it's, you know, I don't yeah. think that anybody in editorial at D.C., cares too damn much about consistency. They want you to believe what they're telling you this month and only this month. And so... Well, I can buy that, and it but can it sounds, change. when they go back and they edit the reprints and stuff, that's disturbing. That's when I get ticked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. And... It seems to be more de facto these days, though. So. Yeah. They used to do it... I mean, they did it a couple times for Crisis, and they did it for a well, couple I know. I, I, I believe I wrote an article years ago doing the difference between what was Final Crisis in, or, or Infinite Crisis in the original series and then in the, in the graphic in the collection, yeah. which was there were a lot of changes yeah. because they changed their mind about where they wanted to go. And it's just, 
Yeah. Hey, so, let's talk about comics. Let's. Where did you want to start? Well, <laughs> why don't we start with the, the DC 3Ds or the DC covers? The villains. Forever yeah, the villains. Evil and Villain Month. The month is called Forever Evil. Right. First so, of all, did you read Forever Evil number one? Oh, yeah. I and liked what did it. you think? I, I liked, liked it a lot. I, thought, I read it and liked that, yeah. I yep. thought Trinity War was a waste of space. I hated Trinity War. You, you, know what the be, you know what the best part of Trinity War is? And you're going to be stunned for me to say this. Go ahead. The Phantom Stranger tie-in. Where Batman and Dead Man and I can't remember what other hero goes with the Phantom Stranger to heaven to interrogate Dr. Light. Yes. And it was just one nice moment that is all J.M. Day Mateus. Yeah. Where Bat, where they, they say Batman's trapped in heaven. You have Bruce Wayne on Christmas Eve on his mom's lap with Thomas reading right, a Christmas right, carol right. over and over. And they're like, oh, my God, he's trapped in this loop. And then Batman st- walks up behind them and says, no, I was just visiting for a moment. And he looks sad. And I'm like, wow, you guys, you know, James Day Mateus, in the book that I want to hate the most. Yeah. Out of all the Trinity War, if, and then Constantine, where he stole Shazam's powers for an issue, was an Spoiler interesting... Alert. Sorry, it was a month ago, Nate, sorry. Um, <laughs> for just an issue, and he gave them back. Those tie-ins, which were not crucial to the story, and you know what else was not crucial to the story? The story. Yeah, uh, the Trinity War. <laughs> for six issues, I learned nothing about anybody. Issue number one, or, or the first issue... I said, oh, the outsider is Alfred. I did not call that it was the Earth-3 Alfred, but it was the Earth-3 Alfred. Yeah. And in the Golden Age, or in the Silver Age, that would have been the first five pages of the crossover. All the information that took them right. six issues to give out. <laughs> right. Because you know the other thing I learned about Justice League Dark? Nothing. Except that Wonder Woman knows that there's a group called... They, I didn't know they actually called themselves Justice League Dark. You know the best thing about this? This whole is you, is you don't have to read it again? No. The best thing is they didn't fool me into buying any book that I didn't already buy. Oh, good for you. I and, was fooled. And, I, I, and I'm, I'm sad that I didn't skip the ones that I did buy because they didn't do anything. <laughs> well, I give, it, I give it a thumbs up to J.M. Day Mateus for a good crossover. I'm enjoying the, D, the new 52 Constantine yeah. better than I thought I would. Um, it's interesting, though, you know, lighter certainly and and it was a, it was a better definition of Billy Batson it gave Billy Batson a chance to interact Billy Batson did more in one issue of Constantine than he actually did in the entire Trinity War either and yet you're supposed to believe that Shazam was somehow going to be the centerpiece of that instead it's all leading to why I powered through it is I picked up Forever Evil number 1 I read Forever Evil number 1 Perry at Elusive Comics and Games said but you didn't read Trinity War it all spins out of Trinity War you need to read it no, you don't. so I had them all I powered through and went, no, I, my enjoyment there's was not nothing, altered. There's nothing. Is it, uh, yeah. But I liked Forever Evil because, first of all, it's putting Lex Luthor in an uncomfortable position. Yep, this must be a, this looks like a job for Superman. Where the hell is he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, nice. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, and yet, and yet, a, and yet a Lex Luthor up to his old tricks with Ted Kord's father. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't taunt us by promising Ted Cord's going to. He probably is going to come out of this as Blue Beetle, um, or at least Ted Cord's going to come back into the New Fifty Two continuity as a living being. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting, and I, I like that, and I I, li- I love the Crime Syndicate. Keep the Crime Syndicate the way they are. 
you know. Anyway, so yeah, it does seem like that there's this there's this subset of the villains who are going to end up being on the the good side of evil kind of. Thing. I can't imagine the rogues turning. No, the rogues I, are the rogues have too much. Um, they have they have their code. They have their code, and even in the new fifty two. I've been reading Flash, and not that it's been a great book, but the co- but the rogues have made it clear they still have the code. Yeah, it's not as it's not as firm as it was in the Silver Age or even in the Bronze Age, but it's still there. Yeah. So I think there will be heroes turn. Uh, there will be villains not turning hero, but fighting against but fighting this secret the, society, yeah. and that's interesting to me. That that's, that could be interesting, even though we've seen variations on it before. So uh, let's see what I want to go. You, have you been reading the Superman titles? So yes. last last week was the Eradicator, Cyborg Superman. I I have it. I haven't read it. So they've been doing a lot of, in the books. They've been doing like tales of new uh, new tales of Krypton. Yeah, and they've been tying that in with the fe- with the origin of the Eradicator, who actually starts on Krypton now, and he's in a Kryptonian uh, suit the same way Superman is. Oh, okay. And so he he's not spun out of anything. Any there's no Hank Harnshaw or anything like that. No, no, you're confusing characters. Who is Hank, Hank Henshaw Hart- is the cyborg Superman. Right. Eradicator is right. a different character. But they're combined now. That's stupid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, um, and, and it's all tied into Brainiac and okay. Jor-El and his brother's separate plans for saving part of Krypton. Yes. Um, and so you end up, so this week we end up with Brainiac number one. I have that as well. Superman. Which uh, looks kind of... I'm, I'm not a fan of this cover. The cover looks a little bit like, ooh, I'm spooky Brainiac. He is spooky, but it's a Gary Frank cover, so it's lovely. Oh, and last... last, Did you read the... Uh, what was it? The Desaad uh, issue? I did not read Desaad. I was not not totally happy with that. I was pretty happy with most of the New God stuff, but not Desaad himself. But I won't, we don't have to go on that. Uh, just I, did, Yes? Did you guys get... So the point, whatever, the, the villain issues, did you guys get all the books you normally read? No. Or did you pick out villains that you want to read about? I got all the books I normally read, and I picked out a couple more. I I mostly picked out villains I wanted to read about. Most of them tend to be out of books that I wanted to. Like, um, The thing is, yeah. So I, it I, appears that most of these stories are continuing the storyline of whatever book it is. So if you kind of skip them Some, yeah. in books that you're reading already, you're missing part of the. You're going to gap some of the. Stories. No, if, if you are, if you have no interest in just in uh, Lobo, I don't think you need to read the Justice League need, issue. Okay, so that's. I mean, it could be that they'll they'll bring that. That's where it's going to play out, but I don't think you need to know it. Well, I'm kind of interested in that because in, um, oh, Stormwatch. Lobo's been in like the last three, four issues. So what I'd like to say is, yes, and he gave his his origin, right? In right. Stormwatch. Right. Um, so this, so the cover of Lobo number one, oh, and you have the 3D version. Let me, let me write. Ooh, I just wanted to watch the lenticular for a second. There you go. Uh, I have the 2D version. So it's the standard version of Lobo as we know it. Right. But inside, it's the new Euro Trash Lobo. And it's actually a pretty good story. Okay. And the explanation, I think, may be that there really are just two Lobos, and we haven't seen this so one before. So eventually we're going to have War of the Lobos? We're going to have a War of the Lobos. Okay. So if it's presented that way, that's not as insulting as, 
you know, he may believe that, you know, there's an imposter and that's the way he, his is. But I kind of feel it's like the way they, that he, they allude to his origin doesn't invalidate what the other one, what the one we're used to has been saying about himself. Okay. So I don't know. I'm willing to give that one a chance. It was a better story than I anticipated. Now, are you reading Green Lantern? I stopped. Okay. So I'm still reading it. Um, and another, this is another case where this is extending the story because last week was, I can't remember, it was a new character. Um, uh, started with an R, I yeah, think. Uh, yeah, I know who you mean. Um, I- yeah, it's, it'd be in the back in that spread of, of book titles. Um, but it, what it really was was the story of the lightsmiths who were essentially the lanterns that came before the lanterns and the guardians. And it was actually pretty interesting. It was a good, good kind of uh, which will then tie into lights out. I am, I'm, I can easily see that happening. And this week they've got they've got twenty three point two with Mongol, uh, uh-huh. and oddly enough, both of them had Green Lantern in the background, kind of tied up, kind of, and he doesn't show. He didn't show up at all in twenty three point one. So, and again, it's it's one of those things where I mean, I'm I'm tenuous on Green Lantern. It's really teetering on the brink for me. But uh, uh, if I was solidly into this, I'd be missing out if I was not picking these books up. Yeah. So, Nate, anyone, any others you want to touch on? Um, I picked up Batman and then Superman last week. So the Joker issue and the Bizarro issue. Right, and after those, I decided I'm not getting any more. Yeah, the Bizarro issue is not satisfying. Well, I've heard complaint. Um, you know, one of my friends uh, from work was reading these and said, uh, "So shout out to, to Lewis Stone Cologne, uh, who said like, you know, as Family Planet covered Forever uh, Evil and how these villain crossovers are just origin stories, and I don't care about them. I want to move. I want the story to move forward." Yeah. So, I mean, I do feel like they're trying to set up as a maybe a jumping on point for people. But I guess, you know, with all the controversies and all the changes, we're back to an argument that I have. As much as I love the characters in the DC universe, I'm tired of feeling like the status quo is arbitrary from month to month. I have, I, you're not allowing yeah. me any personal investment in any reality you set up. And when I say reality, I know I'm using that term loosely. But I'm not allowed, I can't rest on one i can't be happy with one uh, or, or really explore it you've careened to the next thing and so we're already we're two years in and we've got jump on points yeah. um well they're trying they, they, how about just writing well working. by jim shooter's own old rules about every comic good idea about write it well and every comic is somebody's first comic and let's have every story stand on its own as a good story yeah and that's just not happening anymore. Yeah. Um, you want to go through the rest of your bag? Yeah. Oh, um, skip the DC stuff. Okay. You know, to get out of, into those things on the side, I did uh, pick up the second of the Joe's Comics titles, Sidekick. Sidekick number two. Sidekick number two. I, I bought. I read number one a couple weeks ago. Who's doing that? This J. J. Michael Straczynski and Tom Mandrake, uh, and it's an interesting bo- a book about uh, this kid with superpowers who was the sidekick. Uh, to a hero named the Red Cowl who uh, was killed. And as a sidekick, as an adult, he's kind of drifting around because people, some people feel like it's his fault that, he, that this superhero died. It's, some people feel that he was, you know, he was kind of a joke as a sidekick, and now he's struggling to find his place, his identity. 
Um, there are elements of it, if I might say non-spoilery, uh, to the DreamWorks animated film Megamind. Right. But, uh, but it's an interesting story and in going to places. And I've decided today from reading this that the mark of a really good writer is one who's re- willing to totally burn through a plot idea in a very short amount of time in service to a larger story. So like the origin of Flyboy, the sidekick here, is, is given like two pages here and part of clearly a much larger, would have been a great, interesting, larger origin story on its own, but it's not the story he wanted to tell, so he's willing to throw it away here. Okay. And I think uh, like Neil Gaiman used to do that with Sandman, where there would be these like allusions to stories like, that would have been a good one on its own. And, and sometimes they go back to him, and, too. But it's it confidence as a writer to go ahead, and, and, and they might go back to it. He might, but I just think even if he doesn't, um, that that's good. That's good. That's confidence as a writer, a good, and it's a good story. Well, Straczynski plays a long game in a lot of his books. So but he these can books set aren't meant to be long either. The great thing I'm liking about Joe's comics is that they are meant to be just, um, they'll be what they are. Six issues. Six issues now, issues. that's it? Yeah. Huh. Um, and the same thing is with Ten Grand, which, by the way, I don't know if you caught, Ben Templesmith is off Ten Grand. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Because apparently he's been going through some issues and he wasn't returning phone calls. Uh, well, not phone calls. He was returning emails uh, and all attempts to communicate. So jo- J- Straczynski hadn't heard from him for three months. So said, we have to move forward. So they got an, a new artist, and I can't huh. remember who it is. But they're moving forward with Hope someone else. Okay. Templesmith then was contacted and said, yes, I'm okay. I've just been having a couple, bad couple of months. So, you know, it's what it is. The other thing that I picked up that's kind of out of there from Dynamite was King's Watch, which, of course, I got the title. It took me a, a moment to blink, blink, blink. They're all the King Features Syndicate oh, yeah, characters. The so it's the, the Phantom, Mandrake, and Flash Gordon teaming up. But why I think this is where, well worthwhile, Jeff Parker is the writer. And Jeff Parker is the guy writing Batman 66, and he wrote Agents of Atlas. He rocks, uh, and he's got, a sen- he's got a great sense of nostalgia while making it feel fresh and new. So and I haven't read It's from Dynamite. I haven't read this yet, but I'm totally on board with that. I also talked about uh, the New Avengers, right. or the Mighty, uh, Mighty Avengers. Avengers. How much I, I, I'm on with that. I would be intrigued to see who Spider Hero is. Um, the revelation of Spider Hero is sillier and, than I thought, but makes perfect sense. Um, it's funny, though. I've got to give him credit. That okay. surprised me and was funny. Um, keeping up with the Shadow and Dynamite. And I bought a lot of villain stuff and Indestructible Hulk, of course. I finally dropped the spider. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, then I said I picked up the East to West trade. So um, let's see if the. Walking it, Dead 114 also came out today. Oh, boy. Are you in heaven? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> that book is brutal. Uh, I'll catch up. I promise. All Out War starts next month. Wow. Okay. So let me move on a little bit to, unless you, is there anything else you want to highlight from your stack this uh, week? You know, we just got uh, Chapter 3 of Battle of the Atom. Uh, I think this is, the nice thing about this series, it's all the good X-Men books. You don't have to buy any of the bad, the, any of the B-team kind of weird uh, weird books. Okay. So. I've been enjoying that. You got a nice Arthur Adams cover on, on which will sucker you in. I get that. Yeah, I totally, totally, I totally do. get that. Yeah. Um, 
so, two books manhattan projects number 14 got that and okay star wars number nine yeah it's amazing how fast they've gotten to nine isn't it or yeah. has it just been feels nine like months? It just came out yesterday. Yeah, I know, but it just feels like it feels like it's just still fresh. It's not, well, it's not so much how, <laughs> nine months have whizzed past us. Now, did you read? Did you read the Star Wars? Yes. I know you've read the script before, but did you read the book? Yes, I reviewed the book last week on Fanboy Planet. Okay, Nate, I read it. Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was interesting. I can see why they. Uh, changed it for the movie, and I can see that there was a lot of potential in it. And but it was a, it's good for a comic. If that was the movie, they also polished it up. My memory of the screenplay is it was a lot rougher than that. Yeah, I found the screenplay on the internet, and it's it, this is a little better. But I'm finding it a little turgid. The just the, the I don't even the know story what that word means. Just just not not. It's not grabbing me. It's, it doesn't feel like a Star Wars story where things just take off and and No, know, because it's not. Go, you know, you know? W- what I felt it was, was think about when he wrote that. So, 71. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the most, I'll be honest, self-indulgent of sci-fi in the late 60s. It's a movie, you, it, as a movie, that could not have been made. Right. And the version that got to the cinema... I, I liked the books. I said that my reviews, I'll stand by that. I really enjoyed reading it. I love the art by Mike Mayhew. I love the art. I mean, the art was um, fabulous. And, but that's been the difference is, is the, the original, uh, because of Starkiller, I think, was the character who really felt like in the screenplay the most, this is George Lucas self-fulfillment. It's his Mary Jane character because he's like described as overweight, but every woman, you know, his first entrance is uh, overweight, but every woman wants him. He's having sex in a closet. Um, you know, which is cleaned up and mysteriously missing from the first issue <laughs> of the book. Um, you know, it, 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 it's totally, uh, this is the, you know, the shy kid from, from Modesto trying to, you yeah. know, work it out. It's an epic to me, like in the way of Dune. And then what you also see, though I enjoyed it, the seeds of that, an unrestrained George Lucas comes back to Phantom Menace. And that's what the problem with the Phantom Menace is, is there's this huge economic, political, socioeconomic war going right. on. A much more complex that story. That is not the clean narrative of it is a time of darkness right. for the <laughs> for the galaxy. You know, it's just it's not a small sna- a scrappy group of people in trouble and running from the law, you know. Right. You know, and so and and so it's it, it's too sprawling when he's left to his own devices, but somebody, Gary Kurtz or his wife at the time, Marsha says let's be um you know more focused let's get down to this i'm not sure who influenced those rewrites but but what that book is is unfilmable but what that book is is interesting as a book yeah and i'm reading it for the historical aspect of it i I find it entertaining it's interesting to see of course all the things that tie in yeah that the ideas that remain or just the names that you borrowed and used elsewhere (laughs) Yeah. yeah so that was cool let's uh let us talk about movies not Star Wars because nothing's been moving forward other than Benedict Cumberbatch saying, I'd love to work on Star Wars 7, but I have not yet been asked. He's in something else I just saw. He's in that uh, Fifth Estate or First Estate. Oh, yeah, right, right. Um, and there's something else I saw his face show up in where I was like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Um, oh, he's, he's going to be <laughs> oh, in. Oh, my. Oh, my. He's going to be in August Osage County taking his first American accent. Hmm. So um, that's interesting. But uh, Ant-Man has been moved to the summer of 2015 to, to open two weeks after Superman versus Batman. 
And allegedly, it's to get it out of the way of James Bond because Edgar Wright's going to play up the espionage possibilities with... Uh, at least this is the official story. It was supposed to be November of 2015, but that would be up against the next Bond film. Okay. And they said that's two spy movies. So I'm thinking more... So Ant-Man's a spy movie? No, I think the real story, because this is Marvel, is let's let Superman versus Batman have its two weeks. Right. And then we're just going to kill it. Yeah. Then we're going to take a character you've never heard of before and, and just blow go, them away. And just go, here's our big, we know what we're doing. Here's a C-lister we're going to make you think care more about a than... C-lister than Batman. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, Roger Corman has finally got... Fu- uh, no, I'm sorry, the other way around. Joe Dante has finally got funding for his Roger Corman biopic called The Man with Kaleidoscope Eyes. And I'm... Kind of looking so forward father, to this project. The girl with kaleidoscope. Eyes? I guess no. The man with kaleidoscope, kaleidoscope eyes. Roger Corman, of course, the guy who created Little Shop of Horrors, got gave Joe Dante a start. Gave Jack Nicholson his start. Yeah, gave an amazing amount of talent their start in these really low budget, cheapy movies, and he didn't sleep. And he's never lost a money lost money on one picture. That's what he says. Not one has ever lost money because he only spent like twelve dollars. What's on your many favorite Roger Corman movie? I really like Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, I did too. But I like The Raven. Um, I did too. And, and that's, when I, an, that's another Jack Nicholson. And when I finally saw... Yeah, it is. But it's also... Come on. Swan songs. Beautiful swan songs for Karloff and uh, Peter Lorre. Yeah. And uh, is it Peter Cushing? Is it, uh, Vincent Price. It's Vincent not a swan Price. song for them. But, but it kind of is for Boris Karloff. It's like the last really great Boris Karloff performance. And great one for Peter Lorre. And then... You know, just because the idea has so influenced her, everything about that movie was so ahead of its time. Death Race 2000, you've got to give, uh, you know, there's that's informed a lot. That, that yeah, that was, uh, that was a groundbreaking film. Really influential film. Yeah. So I'd say... Robert Carradine. Or John, uh, John, David, David Carradine. Carradine. Yeah, yeah, not John Carradine. So I'd say probably that, but I do love Little Shop of Horrors. It's actually a really nifty little picture. My favorite. If I may sound like an old-time critic. I loved it's all, I loved all of those, but my favorite that I will watch at the drop, and it's such a bad movie, but I just love it, is Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh, yeah, I have that on DVD. Yeah. Um, I like that movie, I did, and I, we, I think... John re- Boy Walton, standing I, in I reviewed it uh, when the DVD came out, and what I love about... Watch those, watch those extras about all those guys talking about how, like, yeah, like Corman just came in and ripped pages out of the script. You don't need this, and like because it's getting too expensive. And he did, and he just made and, it so strict. And so that quick. movie just ends. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but, but George Papard, I know, great and great Robert cast. Vaughn, great cast, and that's the thing. So that's awesome. There is a petition on Change.org for a Loki solo film. <laughs> Over twelve thousand signatures, all of them starting with oh. no, because I mean there is power, but it's like. I, I want to speak out to fandom. It sounds like a great idea because it's self-serving, but it's not a great idea. People Loki needs to play off with somebody. He it, needs. What, to, it can't be. Uh, here's here's what I'm setting up now, and watch this. It's like I don't think it's going to make a difference. Yeah. I don't think they're going to go. I think that they're using him in advance, and Tom Hiddleston's calendar is pretty locked up for the next uh, few years. Yeah, and good for him, man. Did you see his Cookie Monster thing? No, I, I've had a number of people tell me about it. Teaching Cookie Monster about delayed gratification. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, what kid can read that as it flashes on the screen? Delayed gratification. But it's still, it's still pretty funny. Um, 
But I want to say fandom. This is one of those things, and Marvel's not going to do it because Marvel is better at giving us what you actually want rather than what you think you want. Yeah. And the surest way to guarantee you'll never get a Loki solo film is, demanding is to demand with 12,000 right. signatures. By the right. way, how's that Ben Affleck protest going? <laughs> um, I was listening. Nate, did you listen to Fat Man on Batman? I did. With, uh, Ke- well, and both Hollywood Babylon as well with, with Kevin Smith talking about Ben Affleck. And yes, I listened to Hollywood Babylon first, where Ralph hated it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I listened to that. Yeah, Batman on Batman, the following. That is week. exactly the order I've been listening as I listened to it in, and you know he makes a good point. It's like you know why would Ben Affleck take it? Is because he's got a little boy, and he wants his little boy maybe to say my dad's Batman. Yep. Um, why not? To which case I would, and I still think he's a good choice. Yeah. The interesting casting choice of the week from a couple of different things. So there, um, there is a script. Not sure if there is full director assigned to this yet. But Greg Rucka's Oni miniseries, or actually series of miniseries, Queen and Country, is mm, being adapted yeah, yeah. into film. The person in talks, I had first read she was cast, then I saw on CNN it's a headline saying she's in talks. As Tara Chase, the badass character who's... A variation of her was in Whiteout, played by Kate uh, Beckinsale. Uh, those, the, that character has a different name, but it's a similar idea. Is Ellen Page. Oh. And I thought, interesting, because Ellen Page is a long... When you think about it now, really kind of a long way away from the teenage roles. She needs something like this to utterly redefine her, because Kitty Pride isn't going to do it. No. And she is playing Kitty Pride in, in Days of a Future Past. But that's still like a little girl, you know, it's a but teen girl let, role. Kitty Pride is one of those characters that I wish Marvel would get it straight because they've let her get older and then they youngify her again. Yeah, they can't on. decide. Yeah. I know, I know. Um, they, they make her older mainly because... It'd be bad for a having, character, having sex with Colossus. Well, there's she's that true. And, and, a character, and the character has been around forever. But... How much time has really passed in the Marvel Universe? That's a different question. But to focus again, I think a great idea for Ellen Page. I think she'd be really interesting. And I'm sorry, Rucka's Queen and Country is really good stuff. Great mm-hmm. spy thrillers. Uh, a little chillier than people might want, uh, might expect. But, uh, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. So um, there's that. Uh, did want to transition over to TV? Oh, Unless, there, Nate, there was, do you have something we had, else? We had a more conversation about the Joe Hill movie, The Horns. Horns. I didn't watch the trailer, but you but you did post that today, and you said so. Yeah, with, I've been kind of following that Daniel Daniel Radcliffe, right? Um, and as, it's the guy who did the the director from The Hills Have Eyes, not remake. Wes Craven. No, the remake. Oh. Who did the remake? Um, Nate, can you help us out here? Uh, Alexandria Asia, Alexandria Asia, Asia. I don't, but yeah. I. I I couldn't tell you much stylistically. I didn't. But it's only it's only been shown at some Canadian film festival. That would be that would be Toronto International Film Festival, not some Canadian film festival. It's it's in Canada, right? TIFF is pretty damn big. Yeah, it's in Canada. Yeah, yeah, it's almost as big as Con. So I was wrong. No, it's still Canada. You were just not as right as you thought. So the Canadians, I will give you. Any Canadian can email me. I will give you Rick's address, <laughs> so you can come down. Hey, I've sponsored three green cards for Canadians. You can. Uh, I'm just saying that they can come by and hurl back bacon at your uh, please and, and deliver poutine. And poutine. <laughs> yes, Jinx. Owe me a coke. Mm, poutine. Owe me poutine. 
and we're not talking about Vladimir. So, yeah, uh, yeah well, I mean, it's interesting because I think Joe Hill's good, and I know your post was you'd rather see lock and key. Oh, yeah. Which we know Universal's trying to develop. I didn't know that. I, 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 I think that, we brought that up, too. I knew that someone had been trying to, and then I, the last I heard was it wasn't going to happen. No, that was the Fox pilot, which well, no it. one has seen, which is really okay. weird. That is totally locked down. I mean, that is not even pirated. I cannot tell you. Th- this is so airtight on that pilot that not even Dave Tapia knows where to get it. Wow. And uh, <laughs> Well, that's a challenge. Dave, that's a challenge to you. No, it's not, because then the FBI will chase him down. Dave, don't do anything don't, illegal. Don't do anything stupid. Um but uh, but Universal is trying to develop it as a trilogy, but I think, and this is kind of what happened, you know, with Stephen King himself. It's like these shorter novels or novellas get, are easier to to wrap around. The problem with Lock and Key is exactly when you say a trilogy. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. The problem with it is, what if that first movie bombs? You have to, you know, it's not a t- it's not something like Stephen King's The Stand. You could make The Stand a trilogy, and chances are. Well, they made it a miniseries. They made it a miniseries, but and and they were at one point. Ben Affleck was supposed to direct it as a trilogy, yeah, uh, for film, and um, so it's a risk, you know. And, and and it's like it's like with my kids with the Percy Jackson saying the problem is like you and they did this with a series of unfortunate events. You have to kind of build in a satisfying ending, yeah, to the first film in case the trilogy doesn't fly. Or but you then, have to have real confidence. In well, it that, because, that's what I would say the other thing, because Fellowship of the Rings obviously does. Right. But, and they were right to have that confidence, but the problem is the movies that have had that failure of will, they shoot themselves in the foot, because by, by creating, creating a trilogy in which you have left no unanswered question, then no one has a reason to want more. You know, the proper, uh, the, a proper screenplay for, for Lock and Key would not be, it would be, could be a very big film, but not have a big budget. And that'd oh, be, I agree that'd with be that. how I'd pitch it. I'm not sure that, that Hollywood gets that, although because it's, it may get um, ghettoized as horror, yeah. which is not a bad ghettoization, it's more fantasy. I, uh, well, I know it is, but because it's Joe Hill, because, yeah. you know, all that. People might put it off to the left and go horror. It might get away with that low budget. But the second that it gets, it gets fantasy and you start saying it's going to be a big film and you're trying to market a brick, then it's $150 million yeah. and, and you squander a crap load of money. When you could, you, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You, could, you could do two locations. It needs a Roger Corman treatment. You could do a San Francisco, you know, quick tell that little story at the beginning. Yep. You do need that in, in, on the West Coast. Do something that passes for the East Coast, film in Vancouver because that's where they do it anyway. Lovecraft. And and then just do this little story. Yep. Find a great location and just do this little story. But the scope of that story could be huge without spending a lot of money. Right. But that's not the way Hollywood thinks. And so um, I I wish your way would would work. Me too. I hope your way would work. I don't know that that's we'll what's going to happen. Can we move to television? Yeah. Some people are very excited today. That announced today. On the heels of Breaking Bad coming to its end, is that they are going to create a prequel oh, yeah, series yeah. called Better Call Saul. Yeah. So I'm going to catch up on Breaking Bad, and then I'm going to go because the fact that Bob Odenkirk might get a TV series as a lawyer who doesn't want to go to trial makes me giddy because I love Bob Odenkirk. So I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to that without even being invested in Breaking Bad past the first season. I know. Send your cards and letters to me. Uh, it's 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 not it's like Walking Dead. It's not that I don't want to watch the show. It's really a matter of time, and then things you know get take precedence. 
Um, I saw today a trailer for a new show on Disney XD I want to call attention to, but I'm afraid it may suck once I actually watch the trailer. XD is doing a superhero show called Mighty Med about a hospital for superheroes. Huh. But it won't be tied into the Marvel Universe, and that's why I'm losing hope. It's like parody heroes, and then I watch the trailer and realize the doctors are children. So I'm afraid it's going to be a really stupid show. Yeah, live that's probably... children or cartoon? Live action children. That's probably aimed at a little lower. And this is not Phineas and Ferb, people. Yeah. This is Children's and- Hospital... For children. children with superheroes. Yeah. Don't compare it because Children's Hospital oh, is brilliant. I know. Uh, but it's not for children. No, it's not for children. Um, though, have I mentioned, you know, I watched Rob uh, Cordry in an independent film, and I just want to sit, put on the record so again so that if someday I meet him, I get to say this. I watched this little independent film on um, uh, Netflix called Butter, and what caught my attention was Hugh Jackman was in it. And uh, the dad from uh, Modern Family, Ty Burrell. Right. And then Rob Corddry. And Hugh Jackman's part is stupid. It's, it's, but it's about this, about a butter, the kind of low stakes, high stakes movie I think is funny. Jennifer Garner is this driven wife of the butter carving champion. And they make these parodies of like what his sculptures have been like. Like um, he did a butter, butter sculpture of The Last Supper, and it was even better than Da Vinci's, according to the local critics, you know, of course, of all Hicks. Yeah. And they're making fun of. But Rob Corddry. They thought it was better than Dave Vinci's. Yes, yes. And he, he plays this adoptive, this guy, Alicia Silverstone is his wife. By the way, one of the best performances, and I'm saying this sincerely, that Alicia Silverstone has ever delivered. Okay. As this couple who take in a foster daughter who is uh, about a a nine-year-old African-American girl, and she turns out to be a genius uh, for butter, uh, butter carving, and it's the only thing, first thing she's ever been good at. And so in this movie that's supposed to be mocking all this stuff, there's this really sweet little drama about this girl who is afraid of being rejected by yet another family because she's been lost in the system, and about this couple afraid. He has this great conversation with the girl about why they're willing to take in a nine-year-old when she confronts her, her fears it's it was like a tear-jerking scene it was like rob cordry was fantastic as this dramatic actor and it was immediately like buried in a movie that doesn't deserve this performance yeah. you know it was like well you can tell cordry is is so brilliant because even like things like children's hospital where he's delivering absolutely absurd lines cold dead sober yeah. well straight. he's a great comedian yeah and I realize that, and, and, you people, gotta, and, and people forget that. Yeah. And you think it's because I'm known locally as for comedy and not for dramatic roles. To say like, it is harder to do comedy. Yeah. But the chance to stretch in a drama where people recognize it's like I just want to props. It's an interesting little movie to look up, if only for its performance. It's entertaining. It's not as good as the premise led me to believe. But his, but their family part is just is just great. So. I'm there. You wanted to talk about, of course, we're looking forward to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but what else? Sleepy Hollow. Well, actually, uh, Sleepy Hollow, I don't know that much about. the. No, uh, but apparently the pilot's available on demand, I was told by oh, students today. I'll have to check that so out. So I'm going to have to go check that out. we got out. Stephen King's The Dome is closing under down. Under the Dome. Under the Dome, closing down season one on the 16th is the way it, it's written yes. up. And I'm like, are they going to do a season two of this yes. thing? So they're not going to get out of the dome in the no. last? Okay. 
And Stephen King's already been on the record since episode one as being okay with that. I didn't know it was going to go more than one season. Yes, it's I've been totally... banking a bunch of the episodes. No, well, that's your problem. But that's, that's been... Uh, have you been watching it? I have not, but let me tell you who has been. My 14-year-old daughter, when we went on vacation, had the book with her. Wow. Because she and her mother love this series, though they all they both have reached the conclusion that, of course, everybody else has, and I love seeing my daughter reach this, is... They must have spent a lot of money on the image of the split cow because they keep, they keep showing, showing it. it. Yeah. But she says, so that's funny. But she loves the show. And I said, well, you know, the book is really different. She said, I know. And Dad, and she's talked to me about the book. So my daughter loves that show and is hoping for it. You know, I've actually been enjoying and it. And Stephen King said, there's a different explanation for the dome in the show than yeah. there is in, yeah, the, I'd already in the book. Heard, I'd already heard that much. So, so Which is good, I think. And, and when you What I'm happy that. about is... What it says is, we're doing it BBC style now. Let's have, because HBO and Showtime have figured that out a long time ago. Right. It's good for CBS to figure it out. We're back to, show me a new shorter series right. during the summer. I'll wait a year. Yeah. But we'll I want something in the summer. And by yeah. the way, that's when I have the most time to watch what you've got to offer me. So go and The ahead. cast is great. And there aren't too many big names in that cast. But they've got whoever did the, uh, the casting for those roles yeah, did a I, really, really I, good I, job. I've seen about 10 minutes of it and thought, good yeah you know i believed the scenes so so one thing if you uh if you on another show that actually got better over the season revolution sci-fi is doing a marathon so i've heard on the 19th uh, they're going to re- repeat all the season one stuff that's a thursday night yeah, yeah. um are you watching Be- beware the batman i've watched two episodes i've enjoyed it i just kind of bank it for when i have my son oddly enough as we continue this theme it is an extended story. It keeps going on, building on prior episodes, and we've just we've just gotten to the. I have the, picked that up, but I missed a bunch. Like I watched the pilot, and then I missed a few. A large part of the season has been about testing Katana to determine yeah. if she can be part of the team. Yes, and so that's that's been and the. If I might flash back to comics for a moment, yeah, I read the Creeper because I love the Creeper. Yeah. I love the creeper, but I couldn't buy that magazine. Oh, it sucked. Yeah, and it's tied into I'm Katana. <laughs> and what does it say? Based on an idea created by Dan DiDio. And I want to waggle my finger and say, Dan, please stop doing creative. Yeah. That's not yeah. where you where why we love you. You're a great person's personality. You have done many things for this industry, but not one of them has involved storytelling. Yeah, we should just go back to the creeper. Is kind of like a. Superhero who knows how to creep out the. No, villains. now he's a Japanese oni demon who's been caught in the yeah. sword with yeah. with katana's. See, not husband. interested. Sorry. No, Bye. already I was gone. I was like, yeah, I I said bad words. So nine uh, September twenty third, we got the blacklist starting out. So we I'm get the sneak that. preview of what Ultron's gonna be like. The next no. day. The next day, nine twenty four. What day is that? Avenger uh, Marvel's Shield. Agents of Shield. Exactly. No, you can't say. You got to say the full title, Nate. It's Marvel's Agents, Agents of, of Shield. Shield. Because truthfully, the, the film is Marvel's The Avengers because they didn't want to confuse the rest of the world with The, the Avengers. Avengers. Yes, so. which has been around for a long time. And then uh, I just want to for nations that have history and remember it. Yeah, a show that you don't actually have to watch. Episode to episode, but it's it's kind of cool if you do. I am really enjoying Heroes of Cosplay. As somebody who goes to a lot of conventions, sees a lot of people in costume, um, it's it, beyond the fact that you I get a just, lot of see, you, I just saw an article on it in Entertainment Weekly. I'm not laughing at you. No, I just read this article last night and went, 
I really should tune in and watch the show. <laughs> Aside from the fact you get a lot, you get to watch a lot of pretty girls getting dressed. Go on. You you actually get them see see them thinking through their costume, thinking through their stage presentation. It's most it's more East Coast conventions, and they do this at Comic Con too. Our conventions locally don't do this, but they're usually the the stage presence is more of a skit kind of thing where they work out music and I, I've and never been I've never stuff. been to the Comic Con masquerade. The Comic-Con, so I've I gone to the Comic Con a couple of times um, for. 15, I watched one big wow. But that was smaller, yeah, and, you know, and it wasn't one of the presentation. And I know that I've certainly been at... at Comic-Con, people bring in video to be projected behind them of, like, scenery and stuff. It's really quite cool. Well, have I explained, you know, that the whole thing in Galaxy Quest about rock, 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 rock yeah. was from a Comic-Con masquerade? I didn't know that. That a guy dressed as Hawkman brought in a, a boulder as, as, like, part of his set piece. And yeah. I didn't know that... But the first WesterCon I attended, and I think that it was a panel, and it may have been before we were podcasting or before you and I were had become friends. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think Chris brought me in first. Um, and this guy talked about it at this panel. I went, oh, my God. So, yeah, it's like Hoffman was on, and then, like, the rock wouldn't stay in place, and so it was, like, moving and bold. You know, it was just kind of spongy and funny, and then, like... Blowing up the breeze. And so then apparently... Like right after Hawkman left, and some some there was some technical difficulty, and so people started like you know bring back the rock. Oh no no bring no! Back- no. You sure this was rock and not screen? Screen screen. No, that, because this because, would have been twenty twenty five years ago. Okay, so there, Chris was emceeing one of the masquerades, and they were having trouble moving a screen up onto the stage, so it kept on moving back and forth behind the stage. No, up this, above would the pre- stage, this would and pre- the audience started screaming. But, but this would predate Chris. Okay, and because you're assuming a, pl- a, a a guy writing a screenplay in 1992, I know where Chris was in 1992. Okay, I was kicking him in the nuts. Okay, uh, so uh, <laughs> I just assume he's eternal, metaphorically. Uh, anyway, so um, oddly enough, you mentioned Galaxy Quest because we had the par- I had a party on Saturday, and you watched it, and we watched Galaxy Quest. And we had a great time. Yeah, we, we, so yeah. Uh, is we should we should find places and do uh, quote alongs like Jason did. Maybe we'll, yeah. maybe something here would be fun to do some night. That'd be terrific. We should talk to Paul. We should. Um, so video games, video games. I did play a little Castle of Illusion, Mickey okay. Mouse. Um, How are you feeling about that game? I found it a little challenging uh-huh. in some places. Um, I was surprised that it went. Uh, what would you say? I thought the original was a side scroller. Right. And they've added the, some depth. And they've, they've, there's some, some depth of field to it. Yeah. Um, I just I really didn't have as much time to play it because I, I have been, of course, trying desperately to up you know level up my characters on Infinity. Yep. And and grow my Hall of Heroes. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that's not a euphemism, Nate. Uh, so I'm trying to solve. Right. I'm trying to finish each one of the Disney uh, games from the first block. So I've finished Monsters. I've finished. Yeah, I haven't finished. Uh, I finished uh, the Incredibles. And I'm working on. I'm, I'm working on all three. I, yeah. I, and the reason being is, I just started. I wanted to get as Jason Salazar had done, get my characters so they all appear in the Hall of Heroes. Oh yeah, and you got to get at least level one for that. And if then, you finish a game, you pretty much are almost there for gold on on your characters. Almost. Yeah, that's so frustrating. Have, then you have to play in the toy box for a little bit, or go back. I've been and playing play in the toy box. I've been enjoying that. Yeah, I'm surprised that I did. But so, um, but. Uh, 
Castle Illusion, just to finish that up, I, I downloaded the demo on Xbox. Yeah. No doubt it's beautiful, but I think platformers have advanced quite a bit from the day that that was. And both. I, it was kind of like, both, both. I remember playing games like this where there's no like save on a long level. and No, there is save on this. You can save, at least in the full version. I don't know about the demo. I went ahead okay. and bought the full version. You can save. Okay. At any oh, no, point I mean, there are, sa- there are saves, but not... No, but you can save. It's not automated. You can't... I mean, okay. it is, but you can save at any point you want to. Um, but what I noticed with this and DuckTales both is I like them because... It's look, the they're, nostalgia. They're nostalgia. They're yeah. historic games because they're the best of Disney's presence for mm-hmm. many, many, many years. Um, but they're Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. And so what they they which was then that and that but I feel that about most games is they're all variations on some other game that's been played. Well, Castle Illusion basically you're either jumping on things or throwing things at things. Yes, and that's or ducking and yes. jumping. Yes. And that's well, yeah, it's 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 for me it's about environments and am I playing yeah. that character? You yeah. know, and and so I feel I feel that are are we allowed to talk about Infinite Crisis or is it still baiting? I don't know. I've lost track, and I don't, I don't know anybody talking about it except the people that are emailing me about it. So okay. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, you want to go through the uh, Disney Infinity Wave, too? Yes, tell me. Because uh, I, I, you know, as... Uh, so I don't have a date for release, but I do have the lineup of figures. No one seems to know. I can't get the same story twice. So there's, there's, there's all the figures, and then there's a little bit of controversy. Yes. Right up front, the controversy is that there that all of the Wave Two stuff, with one exception, is sandbox only, toy box only, toy box only. Um, that there's not there's only one new game, Toy Story. Is that Wave Two? Yes, Toy Story. Actually, Toy Story is. Um, it's just. I feel that this is about the inconsistency of communication. I don't think that that's true. I think... Yeah, I think Toy Story is the one that has the... Toy uh, Story has a has game. A game. I think Frozen has a game as well. Frozen, what Frozen has in Wave 2, they'll have uh, Elsa and Anna. Yes, and that's and, all you need for a game. And those two will come with power discs when you buy them in the combo package. You can buy them both separately. I call shenanigans. Yeah. Then um, Rapunzel is available as a separate. Which I figure because I see her statue. Right. Or her pedestal. Wreck-It Ralph. And Will and, Van- and Van- Vanellope. Vanellope. And Ralph, but no playset. Now, Vanellope is actually going to be in a, th- in a three-character pl- uh, box that's going to have Vanellope. Rapunzel and Violet from The Incredibles. So a, okay, a but wave you can one. Get her, but you can get her separately. You can get her you just can get as her you now. Can, just as you can get. You she can was get Violet wave one. Now. Violet was right. But I mean, you can get them all separately. Just yes, as you can all get these sidekicks. Are separable. Sidekicks and villains are uh, sold as sets and separately. Right, and then they will have the set, the Mickey Mouse. Yes, by himself with a different pose. Okay, then the Toy Story playset is going to be Buzz and Jesse. Yes. And Woody, Woody is, is a separate. separate. Yes. Yeah. Woody is pre-orderable right now at Walmart. As is Jack Skellington at at GameStop. GameStop. I know, for I have already pre-ordered. And my he'll Jack eventually. They, but the expectation is he will also 
eventually be in a playset. So if you buy it, if you get it early, I so want that to happen. Uh, and because you you need doubles up on yours for your kids, right? My expectation is that he will be in a different pose. I was in an argument. This was the embarrassing part about the Toy Story disc swap on Saturday. Yeah. <clears throat> I was in an argument with a middle-aged man. I was not yelling at a mirror. Uh, <laughs> who worked Did at you Game- peck at him? Who worked at GameStop and had all these you know, inside information. And one of the things he's telling all these people is, well, if you... And he was British, too, which was weird. If you have the... D23 Mickey, don't even open it. It's like, you know, and I said, well, it's going to be a different pose. It's poison. It's, it's going to be a different pose, it's yeah. a different figure, and it's a different hat. Uh, but it's a different pose as well yeah. because yeah. I saw a photo of it. It's a different sculpt. It's a different sculpt. And he was insisting, no, it's just going to be a repaint. I'm like, no, it can't be a repaint. It's not different symbols because those symbols are part of the sculpture. Yeah. And, and I have played it. My, I let my son play it, and it said, but it stays with dad. And um, I have it in my little case. And it unlocks things. So I would like to compare Hall of Heroes because I think that I've unlocked things from Hall of Heroes that may have been unlocked by Mickey. And uh, not, that's possible. So, yeah. You know, there might be some Because you found. I found Condor Man as part of Wave 2's uh, power discs, which is not in the Toys R Us disc uh, folder. Uh, though there are many things that are not available through the main Wave 1, like yeah. there's Uncle Scrooge's Lucky Dime. Um, there's uh, Peter Pan's pirate ship or Captain Hook's pirate ship so a lot of things from Disneyland as well are little like ride ride cars are there right um, but I found that I found some Phineas and Ferb stuff and I think Phineas and Ferb are going to be a play set they, that was the last thing on my list is Phineas and Ferb I have not seen package art but I've seen their photos in with everything well their else. pedestals are in my hall of heroes okay are they not in yours? I think they've been in my Hall of Heroes since the beginning, though. Okay, so since I found the that first time Jack, I... Jack Skellington is there. Yeah. Um, my yeah, Hall... in the back there, uh, just to the left of Captain Jack. Uh-huh. Is where, where there's a I bunch of... Frozen, those... I have Frozen, I have Rapunzel, yeah. Rick and Ralph. I mean, they don't have statues. They just have pedestals saying where they are. But if you, then maybe you want to check around on your infin- in your discs. Yeah, I haven't looked at the discs And at so all. I started, and that's where I found Condor Man. I found Phineas and Ferb. I found um, there's more Jack Skellington stuff. There's a lot of Frankenweenie stuff for the power. Discs. Oh, interesting! So um, that would be interesting too. That's an that's a perfect one. So, but and that's what I'd say is because briefly last year, and they took it out, which is stupid. They should have left this year round. Is that last year at Haunted Mansion when they did the Jack Skellington lay uh, overlay in the group Pet Cemetery? Yeah, Sparky's grave was open, and they had a and they had a, a tombstone for it, and he but it was an open grave. Now it's gone completely. So that was like part of the overlay to promote Frankenweenie's release. Say that should stay up year round because then kids. It was a movie that didn't do as well as they'd hoped, but I've watched it a couple times and watched it with my kids, and it got better. You know, it's better. You know, it 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 definitely rewards a second viewing. So it's one of those that, like Nightmare Before Christmas itself, I think will do better in history in years regards if Disney. Doesn't pretend it doesn't happen. Condor Man, by the way, I have no illusions. (laughs) Is not a better film in my memory. I've said this. I know it was slow. I know it was stupid. It had a great central idea, but that's about all it's got going for it. But I will sit down and watch that movie any day. Really? Um, I've never seen it. Well, why it's famous now is because it's um, Michael... 
the guy who's Phantom of the Opera on Broadway Michael, in London, uh, Crawford, Michael Crawford, was Condor Man. And uh, so it was like this last thing. And then he became this huge international superstar singing star. But he's in this weird little movie about this comic book artist who insists that all of his, everything that his comic book characters do have to be, have to be workable in real life. So he's invented costume pieces and trying to find like wings that will actually allow him to fly. And then he has a best friend, and this is why it's so incomprehensible as a film. His best friend is a CIA agent who sends him on a mission because he's sick. And he, so he's sick, and so he says, let me take over, let me take over. So he goes in and pretends to be Connerman. So he gets caught up in this huge, it's like one of Oliver Reed's last movies too. Um, he gets caught up in this huge international spy defection thing where they think that Condorman is real, and, and so the CIA has to actually then give him the tools that he has invented for his comics and make them actually work in real life. So it's a silly children's superhero movie, and I thought it was forgotten, but it I'll showed, up in, a, it showed up in a Toy Story short because in the one where, where Buzz Lightyear is, in, is trapped in the room full of Happy Meal toys, yeah. there's a Condorman in a Condor mobile... Uh, Happy Meal Meal toy, and and he talks, and then there's this disc, and and so I was just so giddy last night. It's like there's Condorman. My one of my best friends from high school. I got on Facebook and go, Jr. Jr. Condorman. He's in Disney Infinity. You know, it's like, can the remake be far behind? Oh yes. I just want an action figure. Uh, So so, when is the Jack Skellington supposed to be? October first. So hopefully that would but mean... But people, here's what I want to say. Don't be fooled. This part I did agree with this guy from GameStop. The only toy store that has true exclusives is Toys R Us. They paid Disney a pretty penny to be the oh, to yeah. have those well, exclusives. GameStop isn't, isn't exactly an exclusive. No. They, it's for a month. They, right, which they've done with Skylanders before. So for a month, they're the only ones that have right. Jack Skellington. Walmart will be the only people that have Woody. But after a month, it, you know, because there are people that have moral quandaries about shopping at Walmart. And those won't be new sculpts. It'll just be the same product. Well, they claimed elsewhere. a month, but this guy at GameStop, GameStop claimed it'll only be like five days. Okay. Everybody will have Jack Skellington after week one. So the, the question I have is, w- could we have a Nightmare Before Christmas release before Christmas? I, I would don't know. love to have. I would love that. I would love the video game of that. I'd love to be able to jump into the trees and go to different worlds. I actually, yeah. And you have you have the PlayStation Two game, Oogie's Revenge. No, I don't. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know you gave me your PS Two, but it's uh, <laughs> still there, so that I can play my. That's one of the games. I have. It's, it's an interesting musical game. It really plays with Elfman's score a lot. So uh, it's kind of a cool. It, it's kind of a cool game. Um, so I'd like to see... I'd I love like to do see the that. PS2, by the way, because that's Justin's. It's not mine. Shh. Shang-Chi. <laughs> Shh. I know. Um, yeah. I never played the PlayStation that much. Oh, okay. Well, it was in storage. Let's be fair. Yep. It got me through some very hard times. Yeah, I think that was uh, the roadkill game you yes, were playing. Yes, yes. Oh, God bless you. If if, if <laughs> I'll forgive my Therapy through video games. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that was... Uh, and the other game that came out this week was, uh, but I didn't pick it up yet, is Kingdom Hearts Remix. Yeah, I've have, I have a friend who is absolutely over the over, head over heels on Kingdom Hearts, and I haven't heard him talk about it yet. 
Well, so. it just came out yesterday, so I'm. Uh, I would expect he's got. I'm thinking already. maybe this weekend. Then maybe this weekend I will uh, attempt. I have my kids. Maybe we might take a look at it. I don't know. But uh, anyway, Nate, Nate, you have anything else? You still there? I am still here. Nobody's come and bought uh, us drinks. It's a shame. Nobody bought you drinks. Nobody, nobody bought did. us drinks tonight. Nope. Everybody's Thanks wondering wondering who these guys are at the other end of the table. So, but now they know. Next week, I think we can commit to being here uh, at, at seven. So, come on by. We'll do the Fanboy Planet podcast from uh, Seven Stars Bar and Grill at what did it say three eighty five A Bascom Avenue, uh, the Star Wars themed bar and grill. Come on in next they Wednesday. Got pool tables. They got foosball. They've Star got Star Wars themed foosball. They do. Yes. So you can stay there's and one hang behind, out. There's one behind you as well. Well, I, there's the one I know. That one's two. not. That was just a regular foosball table. Ah. So, uh, anyway, check that place out. Come in on any night. But next Wednesday night, definitely, we'll be here. And uh, you can be part of, uh, of the enjoyment. So, uh, if you have questions, comments, compliments, commentary. creep around one of those poles and throw a switch. I'm not sure what you're <laughs> saying by that, but that, like, freaked me out. Oh, I see. Yes, I get it. Only if they're wearing cinnamon rolls on their head. Anyway, write in to uh, editor at fanboyplanet.com. Of course, you can find us on iTunes, which we'd appreciate it if you rate us, if you tell your friends, and if you subscribe. Listen to us on the Stitcher app, which is also available on our website, www.fanboyplanet.com, which I find probably the easiest way to listen from the website now is through the Stitcher app. Yeah, because so it streams. You get it, it right streams. away. It's great. So uh, let's go that. And, uh, of course, you know, keep reading. We'll try to catch up on articles and have things we've talked about tonight, perhaps links if you are nowhere near uh, a small business. I prefer small business to uh, support your habit. Uh, if we talked about a book, we'll put the link if you're not near one. But otherwise, we'd say, of course, Elusive Comics, Games 2725, El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara. Uh, I buy my comics. Hi, Jinx, Hi, Jinx. Uh, in Willow Glen. Yep. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Avenue. And uh, two in Sherman Oaks, Oaks or Northridge. Yes, and I still, and I really, someday we should we should make a pilgrimage to Mike Wellman's and uh, shop uh, where Rafael Navarro hangs out, the Comics Bug in well, Manhattan we Bay. A, we do Beach. have an invitation to uh, give a try at Hijinks. All right, we may try reporting. that. But um, Paul likes us here too, and yep. so it'd be kind of fun. And this would be a space where people can come and hang it's out. Nice so let's wanted. try it. It is nice to be wanted. So let's. Uh, Let's come and talk about uh, next week. Everybody join us in on the conversation. If you are in San Jose and you want to come by Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, uh, check us out on our Facebook page because if there's any changes or if there's any questions we want to throw out to you guys, that's where we'll do it. And so until next week, hope to see you all. Uh, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Dave Costa looking for a job in L.A., so if you're hiring, do it. That's a long to name. Me. Yeah. And I'm Rick Bretsnyder reminding you to use your powers only only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Dragons!
we were trying to call earlier. Oh, really? It's yeah. all right. It's all right. You okay, okay man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. How's the job search this week? I'm going to ask up top. Uh, I'm searching. Okay. Did you get that email I sent about the trans- transcribing job? Uh, I did. It looks like it's an internship. Oh, crap. Okay, I didn't read too deeply. I just thought there was some money involved, and maybe you'd want to do that in the meantime. Uh, internships can have money involved. This one said no money involved. Oh, well, then fuck them. Well, you That's know, cool. sometimes you do it just to... <laughs> it's showbiz! He said, shoveling at the end of the parade. Yeah, I have applied for quite a few things this week. Hey, if Justin could get an internship, unpaid internship at a, a video game company, I would totally back him on doing that. But you're not Justin. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a husband now. Yes, he has a he has a French bulldog to feed. Yes, he That's does. That's right. That's not a and a, a whole wife. Oh, and a whole wife. Yes, yes. I mean, we we yes. I knew that. So. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm. You ready? I'm ready to go. Nate, you ready? Oh, I'm ready. You ready? How's then, the weather down there today? It's nice. It wasn't too hot. Oh, it's been nice. Good. It's beautiful today out here. It's just a little warmer down there, but I figured you probably are getting the southern breezes that are about well, to fan the Santa well, Ana fires. Valencia and- is sometimes cooler. <laughs> Than the rest of Los Angeles. Well, they haven't had any big. Have they had any big fires down there in the hills? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. So those are still to come. Uh, well, wait a minute. There was the one when I was driving back up in May. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's true. And then uh, no, I will say actually on Sunday when I was driving back up, I should have texted Nate and gone to wherever he was watching the game and waited there because. Uh, after I left Santa Clarita, Valencia, I was two hours to Gorman because really? there was a because fire. Because of that lane closure on five? There was, a, there was a fire starting to break out, and so there were like eight fire trucks when I finally got up there that were hosing off a little flame. So good, they were preventive, nothing big happened, but it did completely bring everything to a halt. Aren't you going to eat your hot link scotch or whatever? My hot link scotch? <laughs> sausage whiskey? <laughs> exactly. I was not going to because no? we're going to uh, oh, you're gonna record. Interview somebody time and then too. I'm gonna yeah. You uh, gotta drive. I gotta drive. Okay. I have some at home. Thank you. I will have that to cap my evening off. Well, I, make sure you let me know on Facebook so you won't be really drinking alone. That way. That's exactly why I don't drink at home. <laughs> I feel like it's a little too sad. I've got to take you to that metery. No, absolutely. I want, and that's why I, we need Mike Wellman to come up from. the I bought a book. growler of raspberry cider. That is just so good. Okay, we gotta go. We gotta go. And I bought a half a case of mead. If we can convince Mike Wellman to come up too, that'd be awesome. We have an yeah. uh, have a comics creator. It's a fun place. The to guys there were fun. They had a they had a they had. The, we don't experiment. have to we don't have to podcast from there. I just want to. I really want to just drink. There. I, the 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 owner was sitting in his office off the bar. Yeah. And um, my friend Brett, Brett and I were there. And I had lunch with him. I said, hey, you know, the meadery I've been hearing so much about is nearby. So we went over there. Oh, okay, cool. And so it was like a 550 tasting. And, we, damn, we tasted like a dozen things. But one of the, he's talking about um, stuff that they're laying down for two years later. And Brett's going, 
do you take futures? Do you take future orders against stuff? And because he was really yeah. super impressed. So the owner came out and pulled this tall, slender bottle out of the refrigerator, set it down on the bar. And he looks, he said, you see, see that at the bottom? And I'm looking and there's a little red pepper in there. Looks like, looks like a strawberry pepper. And, I, and he says, you know what that is? And I said, what? It's a ghost pepper. No, don't drink it. Don't drink it, Rick. No, no, no. It, I did drink it, but because it had, it had gone in wet, it had been in there for about two months. It had not been cut. It was, it was not, it was not kill, kill me now hot. It was, it was this crazy upfront sweet of the mead, and then your whole mouth just warmed up like a mother's embrace. It was well, there we wonderful. Now, we now have... A counterpart character to Mango Habanero. We've got Mead Ghost Pepper. Ghost Pepper Mead. <laughs> well, Mead sounds like a first name. Mead, it does? Mead Ghost Pepper. Okay, well, Mango is the fruit. fruit ghost for, pe- ghost pepper. fruit forward, you know? Uh, well, Ghost Pepper Mead sounds like now you're a... Now you're a now you're a blues musician. <laughs> oh, Mango? <laughs> mango Habanero? Is a male stripper. Oh, really? Yes, that's how Mango... Oh, you've really thought this through. We did, because we were sitting here watching... Okay. You said the strippers walk by. I said, yes, no I saw one stripper. I saw one stripper walk by once. I haven't seen another one. I haven't since. either. I think you lied to me yes. just to see if I'd get excited. Yes. All right. You got excited. I did a little bit. All right. So, Nate, you want to start us off? Let's do it. Can you hear me okay? We can there? hear you great. beautifully. Wonderful. Live from Southern California, it's Nate Costa. All right. Here we go. Listen up, fanboy. 